At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. that could make a Wolverine purr. On VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. It is our number three of the Greg Peterson experience right here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. And we got a tremendous hour for you guys. In about 15 minutes, we'll be joined by Tanner Kern. He does a great job with the Fade the Public podcast, along with being a contributor over there at Forbes. He's going to be chatting with me. We're going to be taking a look at this week in the NFL Week 12, it is all done. Hopefully you guys got some good Thanksgiving, some good football, and avoided what was a lot of bad beats out there on the board if you took the wrong sides in NFL Week 12. It was pretty rampant. I was someone that felt that. So if you out there and you if you are out there and you felt that, don't worry, I did too. And if you took those good wins, well, congratulations to you. Keep it moving forward. We always want to see people being able to get to the window and we're going to try to do that with Tanner in about 15 minutes. And we're going to be ending upon what we've got in terms of this college basketball slate here in the next hour as well. So we've got a nice slate. It's about 30 games in total. We've got a mix of some mid-major games. We've got a mix of some of the ACC Big Ten Challenge games as well. And how about if we start with one of the top teams in all of college basketball going on the road and they are getting steamed up. This is 627-628 on the board. It is Baylor. They are on the road facing off against Marquette. Marquette opened up as a five-point underdog. They are now anywhere between six-and-a-half and seven-point underdogs, and the total on this game is anywhere between 155 and 156. I do think that the money on the side is moving in the correct direction. I did set Baylor as more around an eight-point favorite. I just really cannot trust in this Marquette team right now. Marquette has a guy in Tyler Kolick that I really like. He's been able to give out five assists. He gives you about nine points. Does a good job being able to pull in there some rebounds, but... With Marquette, without having Greg Elliott in the fold, they really don't have a lot of three-point shooting pop from the outside. You do have David Joplin. He and Oso Oguadero, they're able to combine for about 10 rebounds. They're both giving you 10.7 points per contest. And with Joplin, he's a six foot seven, little bit of a combo player. Shoots 42% from three, 93% the free line. But take a look at their top scores. Olivier Maximine Prosper along with Cam Jones. They're combined shoot right around about 30.5% from three. You've got Ogadero who doesn't attempt any threes at all. C.V. Mitchell, guys like this. They need to come on a little bit more. And for Baylor, they are still going to be without Jonathan Chamachachua down low. But it's a Baylor team that they've got much more physicality and they've got more, much more strength down low as well. And you've also got in the backcourt Adam Flagler and L.J. Cryer, a duo that is averaging 34.5 points per contest. 
You've got Cryer, who's right now shooting 37.5% from three. Flagler on 6.83 point attempts per game is shooting 53.5% from distance. Neither of these guys have missed a free throw thus far this season. This is one of the best sh best shooting teams in all of college basketball. With Marquette, just was very surprised that you didn't see Shaka Smart go out there in the transfer portal and try to bring in, I mean, I'll just call it what it is, anybody at all. Because they're relying upon a bunch of guys taking that jump from year one to year two, and thus far it just has not happened for them. Now, Baylor is playing a little bit more up-tempo. They're ranked right around 80th in the country in terms of possessions per game, so a little bit uncharacteristic for them, but they still do a great job of playing a 40 minutes of HE double hockey six style defense. This team still does a great job of being able to get in, dig in, and just make life miserable in general for their opponents as they've done a nice job of being able to pickpocket as well as they're generating about 10 seals per contest. That's one of the top marks in all of college basketball. They do a good job of not really turning the ball over a whole heck of a lot. And then you've got Full Tamba, who does a very good job down low as well. He's giving you about five rebounds, block per contest. So he's able to do a nice job of being able to stuff the stat sheet with that regard, Baylor's defensive numbers, they are a little bit jaded because you may recall that game against Virginia. Virginia couldn't miss if they tried on that night out here in lovely Las Vegas. They just kept on hitting everything. But in terms of this Baylor team, if you take that out of the fold, they've been really a top 40 team in terms of points a lot on a per-possession basis. And for Marquette, they leave a little bit of something to be desired on their offense. They're a top 50 team in terms of points a lot on a per-possession basis. So, and I do think that Marquette is going to be able to hold up on that front. I just don't think that they've got the firepower to match up with this Baylor just guard tandem. So I did set Baylor as a result as an eight-point favorite. Even though we've seen a little bit of a line move, I still like it here, especially anything below a seven in terms of Baylor. I'd be willing to go up to seven and a half with them. And with the total, I did set it at 148. We've seen this total go up a little bit. Even better value on that. So looking at the under, and I am looking at Baylor. How about if we go with a mid-major team that I think that they should be the favorite rather than the underdog. This is 605-606 on the board. The Duke and Dukes playoffs to UC Santa Barbara. The Gauchos, one of the better mascots that you're going to find. And we're between two and a half and three-point road underdogs. And your tolerance game is hanging between 137 and 137.5. UC Santa Barbara is going to win this game down low. I set them as the two-point favorite. I'm willing to take Santa Barbara on the money line. And they've got a guy that comes in from the Pac-12 that while he was at Cal last season, you guys probably know who I'm talking about. He was able to average 13 points and right around eight or so rebounds per game. It is Andre Kelly. Every Andre on this show gets called Andre 3000 because he is awesome. So Andre 3000 Kelly, 10 points, 10 rebounds per game. Does a great job stuffing the stat sheet. Gives you a block per game. Not a guy that's going to go out there and really shoot a lot of threes. That's what you've got Miles Norris for. Miles Norris came in from Oregon a few seasons ago. He's saying six foot ten. He's been able to bury north of 35% of his threes. He's chipping in there right around 12 points per contest. You've got Cole Anderson who's able to help out in the backcourt along with Ajir Sani. Sani, a little bit more of a facilitator for this team and has been off to a little bit of a cold start. Has been a tad bit banged up and looks like they're finally starting to get Zach Harvey in the fold. And I'm excited for this kid. He's seen a limited minutes recently. I think that they're probably going to be ramping up his playing time because he missed the entirety of the 2021-22 season due to a little bit of a debilitating lower body injury. But why is that Cincinnati during that 2020-21 season? He's averaging six and a half points per game and shooting 46% from three-point range out in the American Conference. So if they're able to get him online, that's just all the better. Calvin Weisart, someone who came in from the Sun Belt a few seasons ago, he's able to give you a few seals per contest along with A.J. Mitchell, who's able to go into takeover mode. 15 points, two and a half seals, six and a half assists, three boards per contest. Now, Dady Grant on the flip side for Duquesne. He's really the lone double-figure scorer for the team as he's been able to deliver for the bunch right around 17 and a half points per game. Why is that Miami of Ohio last season was able to shoot it well from three-point range. Right now, he's shooting 53.5% from three-point range. you got to figure that that's going to be going downward. I do think that they're going to be able to get a little bit more out of Tevin Brewer moving forward. He missed the first game of the season because he had an appendectomy situation that did not go great, so he had to undergo a bit of a surgery there. So he's been recovering from that. He's only been able to give the team as a result about six points per contest. Why is that Florida National last season was a guy that 
just packed the stat sheet with like 15 points, five boards, five assists, was able to bury over 40% of his threes. That's going to be big. And for UC Santa Barbara, they're going to be able to do, in my opinion, a solid job of being able to match up with that. Someone like Josh Pierre-Louis, not necessarily the world's greatest scorer, but someone that's able to do a good job with his on-ball defending. And when it comes to Duquesne, really the only guy that is able to rebound for the team is Austin Rotroff. He's been able to give the team seven and a half rebounds per game. Was really an afterthought for a lot of years for this Duquesne team. And I just question whether or not you're able to have him go up against a guy that was a legitimate starter and a legitimate 13 and 8 guy out in the Pac 12 last season. My answer is no. I think that Duquesne going to be able to dominate down low. I did set them as a favorite, so I'm going to be taking a look at them as a money line underdog. Duquesne. Not a team that plays like uberly slow or anything like that, but they are far from an up-tempo team out of your 363 D1 teams. They're ranking right in the neighborhood about 190th in terms of possessions per game at UC Santa Barbara. They always do a great job playing a little bit more of a slow, methodical style. You're finding them in the bottom 75 in terms of possessions per game, and I think that Santa Barbara is going to have their way in terms of the tempo. I'm taking a look at the under set my total 134, and I'm going to be taking a look at UC Santa Barbara on the money line. When it comes to the rest of the slate, very good games are going to be coming up. And we do have another ACC Big Ten Challenge game that we need to hit upon as well. This is 631, 632 on the board. We've seen a relatively big line movement here as Georgia Tech, they're on the road against Iowa. Iowa opens up a 14-point favorite. They are now a 16-point favorite. And your total on this game is anywhere between 149.5 and 151.5. It's a total that opened up at 148. I actually do advocate for the line movement on the over. Iowa... They are one of the most efficient offenses in all of college basketball, and they always are. As long as Mr. McCaffrey is at the at the home for this team, they always are going to be. They lack a little bit of something on defense. They've been able to do a solid job of being able to generate some turnovers, but we saw TCU, a team that's really bad from three-point range, light them up for 75 points. I believe that was either late Friday slash early Saturday. And for Georgia Tech, this team plays quite a bit of defense. They rank right around 265th in the country in terms of points allowed on a per-possession basis, but I think that they have enough to be able to hang around down low to be able to cover this number. I did set Georgia Tech myself more around about a 14-point underdog, so now that we've gotten here to 16, I'm going to be willing to take the points. And with Georgia Tech, they have finally found their answer down low because Rodney Howard just was not cutting it. They bring in a kid by the name of Javon Franklin from South Alabama, and he's been solid. Nine points, seven and a half rebounds per game. He's able to give you two blocks per contest. Actually began his career at Auburn. Took them a little bit of time to be able to get him in the fold, but now that he's in the fold, he's been able to do a very solid job. The question that you got for George Tech is shooting, as you really got two out of your top six scores are shooting above 24% from three-point range, and that is not a misspeak or anything like that. Shooting above 24% from three-point range, as a collective, they are ranked about 299th in terms of three-point shooting percentage. And this is one of those classic examples of taking a look at three-point shooting variants because George Tech... They are shooting themselves less than 30% from three-point range. They are allowing opponents to shoot 24.8% from three-point range. You've got to figure that that opponent's percentage, that is going to be going northward, and their percentage is also going to be going northward. That should lead to some higher totals. This is a point in the season which you are going to be seeing some of these harebrained numbers, and you're going to be seeing teams just having ridiculously high-slash-low percentages. But with Georgia Tech, to their credit, they only turn the ball over about 11 times per game. They don't necessarily have that one trigger guy that is going out there and is giving you necessarily a whole heck of a lot in terms of facilitation. Davion Smith, most likely that guy, 11.6 rebounds per game. And it is going to be a hard guard against Chris Murray, who's been able to pack the strategy with over 20 points per contest for Iowa. But I think that this summer has gotten a little bit too lofty. I'm going to be willing to take the points. I think both Georgia Tech and their opponents are going to be shooting it better from three-point range. Semi-total more around 152. So also taking a look at the over. And what we're taking a look at next, the NFL with Tanner Kern, who does a great job with the fading the public podcast. That is up next right here on the Greg Peterson Experience on VEASAN, the Sports Bank Network. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Getting ready to take on spring? 
Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house. And I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano. And we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter let's please welcome jamal crawford to point game king of the court one-on-one tournament if they had it back in your prime do you think you could have took it all i'm gonna be honest with you i don't think i could have took it all but i think i would have shocked a lot of people i think kobe and everybody in their prime kobe would win a one-on-one contest yeah yeah because you gotta think he's gonna guard he don't care about guarding He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what yeah. I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. VSIN, the sports betting network. The VSIN Cyber Monday deal is on right now. Sign up and become a VSIN Pro subscriber, and you will get daily recaps of the top plays made by VSIN show hosts and guests and tools like our betting splits that let you see where the money and the bets are moving for every game. Deep dives into daily betting reports, plus our upcoming college bowl and Super Bowl guides. New VSIN Pro annual subscribers also get a $30 credit to the VSIN store. And the VSIN store, it's got everything that you need in terms of sports betting, hats, shirts, mugs, and other great gear. Other great gear. Hurry up because this is a limited time offer. So sign up for the perfect sports holiday gift at VSIN.com slash subscribe. We're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Great to be joined by our guest. Tanner Kern does a great job hosting the Fade the Public podcast. Does some great work over there at Forbes and Always a pleasure, my friend. Thank you. Thanks, Greg, for having me. I appreciate it. I appreciate you, and I appreciate that now we're able to turn the page to Week 13 in the NFL because we've got some really good matchups. That afternoon slate that we're going to be getting on Sunday, thumbs up, and we deserve it after that, shall we say, tragic slate that we had when we had the Buccaneers versus the Rams a few weeks ago. That was one in which was not so savory, and hey, a good Thursday night football game. We haven't had too many of those this year either. It's the Bills. They're on the road facing off against Patriots. Patriots currently a 5.0 underdog. Seeing some variance in this total. Seeing it go down from 45.5 now, more around 44, 43.5. Where do you stand on this one? Because with the Bills, I've liked what I've seen from them a little bit more recently, but maybe it's just me, but there's just something in the back of me that doesn't trust them, and I feel like they need to get a little bit more out of their halfbacks. This is going to be a very, very tough game for the Buffalo Bills. Like you said, they do need to get something more out of their halfbacks because Josh Allen is beat up right now, and we're seeing that in his play. Go to the Patriots. They blew another game on Thursday night football between penalties and not delivering in high leverage situations. You can't go 0 for 3 with red zone touchdowns, give up a kick return touchdown, and lose the penalty battle and expect to still win the football game. With that being said, though, between the 20s, they were very efficient moving the football. So I think that's something they can take into this game against the Buffalo Bills. You know, when you look at Mac Jones right now, the way the Patriots are playing, it's starting to get a little better, a little more consistent, even though it's not resulting in wins every single week. The one thing to look at for betters right now, the Buffalo Bills are one in four against the spread in their past five games. Pats being given five points at home. This is a tough environment for any team to walk into. 
I know the Buffalo Bills are very, very talented, but both defenses allowing 18 points per game. I think that's going to be able to keep the Patriots in this one. They got to put together a few offensive drives. We'll see if that can happen, but I'm going to be on New England at plus five. Yep, that's right now my early lean. I have yet to decide on this one, but obviously do want to check the weather as well. It gets chilly out there in the northeast part of the country here in late November, early December as well. So going to be factoring that in. Hopefully we don't have as much wind as we saw from these two teams in primetime last season as well. This is overall just my favorite game on the card. It's involving another AFC East team. That'd be the Miami Dolphins. They're on the road going up against the San Francisco 49ers. Pretty much the entirety of the backfield for the Miami Dolphins. They used to be San Francisco 49ers, as does the coach and Mr. McDaniel. He's got some good familiarity there, so it's going to be the sensei against the pupil, so that is going to be something great to take a look at. And with the 49ers, they're three-and-a-half-point favorites. With the 49ers, though, they've got just mass exodus injuries right now. I like this 49ers team. I like the way that they have been playing recently, but getting north of a field goal feels like good value with the Dolphins, just given that the 49ers, they've got a lot of questionable guys for this week. With that hook, it's very, very hard to pass up on the Miami Dolphins. You look at this team. This game kind of reminds me of when the Kansas City Chiefs traveled down to San Francisco and absolutely dominated the Niners because the Miami Dolphins can pass the ball just like the Kansas City Chiefs. This is not a good matchup for San Francisco at all because of that passing game. Miami's sixth in the NFL in scoring with 25.6 points per game. Niners are winning with defense as they have all season long, but if you can't score against Miami, you are going to have trouble. And they don't need to throw the ball deep down the field. Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle are so good. You can just get the ball them quickly in space and they can make moves all over the field. And then if they are going to beat you down the field, then you got Mike Isecki underneath. So just not a good matchup overall for the San Francisco team. Look for Hill to have a big day. Look for Waddle at a big day. I mean, they're both running four two forties. It's hard to stop that. Uh, no matter how good you are on defense, we know San Francisco is fantastic, but this is not going to be a good week for them. I think with that hook, it's very, very hard to pass up on the Miami Dolphins. And I'm so glad that you bring up the hook as well, because I think that if you like the Dolphins, like both of us do, if you think that it's really going to be coming into play, I would say the best way to look at it is right now, because with all those 49er injuries, I don't think that this is a number that is going to be getting up to four, four and a half. And if it does, you know what? You lose a half a point there. You don't want to, but at the same time, it will be much worse if this gets down to three rather than if you take the three and a half and it goes to say four, because I think that it is really critical to have the hook. So three and a half to four, I think is still okay rather than going down to a three and then you lose a lot of value. Definitely. You need to get on this right now. That hook is so important. We see it in the NFL. It's tough to win by three points. It's tough to win by three. So when you get that three and a half hook, and you can lose by a field goal and your bet can still hit, it's great value. Absolutely. This is a game that I'm someone from the great state of Wisconsin, so I dive into this, and it's, in my opinion, the most questionable game on the board. It's the Bears against the Green Bay Packers. We don't know who's going to be starting on either side at this point. Aaron Rodgers leaves Sunday Night Football due to an injury. Justin Fields, I can't think that they're going to be able to trot him out there if they do. I mean, good for the Chicago Bears. That gives them a lot of value, but right now we're seeing the Packers as a three-point favorite. I think the handicap needs to be, if you like the Green Bay Packers, you have to think, all right, what do I think that they're going to be able to get out of Jordan Love? And even if you have Jordan Love start, as long as the Bears don't trot out their Justin Fields, I think that even with Love, the Packers should be able to cover this number. I could start for the Green Bay Packers this week, and I played <laughs> offensive line. I wasn't good at quarterback. I still can't throw, but I can never trust a team that gives up 318 yards with three touchdowns, lets Mike White complete nearly 80% of his passes in his first start of the season. I just can't get behind that team. So I will be on Green Bay no matter who is under center for them this week. If Jalen Hurt, or not Jalen, uh, you look at you look at what the Packers gave up to Jalen Hurts, right? They struggled against running quarterbacks. So that is something to note if Justin Fields does run out there and play. But like you said, I don't see him being out there. Aaron Rodgers said he's going to be out there until they're mathematically eliminated from the playoffs. We'll see if that happens. But overall, I can't get behind the Chicago Bears defense. And the one thing Green Bay did do well this week is run the football with Aaron Jones. Even A.J. Dillon started to go off this week a little bit. So that's a good sign for Packers betters. I think at two and a half, three, wherever you can get this number, take it right now because it will jump up to three and a half, even with Jordan Love playing quarterback. Yep, I think the biggest thing is as long as Trevor Simeon's out there for the Bears, man, you really can't take any part of them until they adjust these numbers because it's not so great with him to say the least, and he very nearly 
couldn't go out there because he nearly had a freak injury before that game against the Jets as well. So there's a lot to unpack there, and there's a lot to take a look at in terms of this one. The Chiefs and the Cincinnati Bengals as the Bengals. They're between a 2 to 2.5 point underdog. Dawn's game is 52.5. Jamar Chase has been dealing with injury. Sounds like he's getting closer and closer to 100%. I think that's big for them. But even without him the past few weeks, the Cincinnati Bengals, they've been looking much better. And for the Bengals, what I really liked from them against the Titans is that it's pretty much what they didn't do. They didn't let Joe Burrow get sacked. I think that he got sacked just once in that game. I think that that's the biggest thing for the Bengals. They go up against a Chiefs team that has really had their struggles on defense. As long as Joe Burrow stays upright, I think that there's good value on the Bengals. And you talk about the sacks, right? That wasn't just thanks to the offensive line. That's thanks to how good Joe Burrow is at avoiding pressure in the pocket. He is fantastic. I'm a huge fan of Burrow. I have been since the Super Bowl run. I have been since LSU, quite frankly, because he's that guy. Uh, he doesn't get phased. He, he makes a mistake. He bounces right back. He doesn't show emotion. He just goes out there and delivers for you. 22 at 37 last week, 270 yards and a touchdown. Bengals have the team to beat the Chiefs because they're able to throw the ball. If you can't throw the ball in the Chiefs, you're going to have trouble because they're so explosive, but they match up well against Patrick Mahomes. This Chiefs defense is going to give up big plays through the air. They're in the bottom half of the league in passing yards lab per game. Bengals are a much better defensive team than they showed last week. Uh, they neutralized Derrick Henry on the ground. They did give up some big plays through the air to Ryan Tannehill. He threw for a, a huge day. You can't do that against Kansas City, but the matchup is still there for them to be successful because of their ability to match pace with the Chiefs down the field and score points in this one. So I'm going to be on the Bengals. I think this is going to be a slight upset there. Uh, I think we see similar results to last year's AFC Championship game, and the Bengals get the job done. And Tanner, we've got about a minute left. How about if we talk about the team that just lost to the Bengals? That would be the Titans. They're not five-and-a-half-point underdogs against the Philadelphia Eagles. And the Eagles, right now they're Achilles heel, giving up yards on the ground. I recognize that King Henry had a tough go of it against the Cincinnati Bengals, but this feels like a good bounce-back spot. And I think the handicap is what you think Derrick Henry does because if he gets shut down, it's curtains for the Titans. If he has a big game, I think that they could be able to win this one outright. Yeah, I think this is another great matchup for Tennessee. Six points, just way too much right now. Five points, I think, is too much. I think this should be three and a half in favor of the Eagles just because their record. Eagles in the bottom half of the league in rush defense. Aaron Jones had a huge, huge, huge week last week against the Philadelphia Eagles. So when I look at that, Titans ranked third in the NFL in rush defense, uh, 84 yards per game. This puts the Eagles in a pass-first position that they don't want to be in. Bengals match up well against the Titans because they're a pass-first offense. Uh, six points is just too much here because the Titans are able to run the football. They match up great against the Eagles, and I love them in this spot. I do as well, and Tanner, love having you aboard on this show. Big thanks to Tanner Kern. Does a great job with the Fading the Public podcast. And coming up next, we're going to go from football to college basketball here on Beeson Esports Bank Network. Experiencing Hoops Peterson himself on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. Get in on the football action this season with Hulu Plus Live TV's Football Extravaganza. Compete for free for a share of $55,000 in two different ways. Predict what will happen in three college football pools and then make your picks for eight different fantasy NFL contest head on over to DraftKings.com slash Hulu NFL now to play for free Hulu plus live TV like cable only better terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions do apply see DraftKings.com for details we're back here on the Greg Peterson experience on Visa and the Sports Bank Network big thanks to Tanner Kern does a great job of the Fade the Public podcast he also does terrific work over there at Forbes he joined me in the last segment take a look at what we're getting this week in the NFL as now we are done with week 12 of the NFL. It's getting down to the nitty gritty. It's getting down to week 13. We're going to be talking about that so much more here moving forward. And a little bit unfortunate as on Wednesday of last week, we had the 27 days of football where you had at least one college or NFL game come to an end. So we're not having action anymore or anything like that. But with that said, we now have a lot more college basketball on our plate, which means, hey, a little bit more of my specialty. Hopefully we can avoid the beats like the Boston U versus UC Davis underbeat. If you had that, I think that a few of you guys did. That was not necessarily so terrific right there. I do think that things are going to be ironing out just a little bit more. And 
I do think that it's going to get started with a game that I find to be very fascinating on the board. How about if we go with a team that I think is catching just a few too many points? This is 306-625, 306-626. This is the early game on the extra games board as St. John's is playing host to Long Island. Long Island, well, they're not a nice tee, but they are 29-point underdogs. And your total on this game, it is 149.5 with Long Island just a team that they're in a lot of transition. If you remember the name Rod Strickland, yeah, the guy that used to play in the NBA, he's now the coach of this team. There was a very unexpected late coaching change that happened in the offseason. They were run for a very long time by former UMass coach Derek Kellogg and never really did a bad job. As a result, you did have a little bit of a shakeup with regards to Long Island, so it's been a little bit of a rough go of it there, but they've got Marco Melitic, who has been able to do a good job coming in from overseas, 16 points per contest, and this is a Long Island team that overall, they don't shoot it bad from three. They're shooting 35% from three-point range, but the problem has been the turnovers. 17 and a half turnovers per contest. What this means is that you're probably going to be seeing a very, very rapid pace. This is a St. John's team that they turned down for absolutely nobody. They run very, very fast as St. John's in terms of total possessions per game. They've been in the top 20 each out of the last few seasons. Right now, they rank 28th. That's just a Mike Anderson style. They're looking to generate a bunch of turnovers, but they will get a little bit careless themselves. Now, Joel Soriano has been very good about, about running with these guys, and he's been able to pull in over 12 rebounds per game. He's one of the top rebounders in all of college basketball. That is something that is going to be tough for this Long Island team to be able to contain, but with Long Island, they themselves generate about 17 turnovers per game. They've been able to do an okay job on the offensive glass. They're not going to have anyone that matches up quite with Joel Soriano, but Jacob Johnson, someone who was a starter at UMKC last season, he's coming to the full late, and he's looked relatively solid. Nine and a half points, six and a half boards, a steal per game, a block per game, two assists. So he's really been able to do a nice job. Stuff the stat sheet for this team. All in all with Long Island, it's just about finding guys that you're able to build around moving forward, and Moses Wood has been one of them. He and Keon Brooks, they're combining to shoot over 40% from three-point range for a combined 21 points per contest. Now, with Trey Wood, he's been a little bit banged up, so you do want to be taking that into account as for Wood when he's been out there. He's been able to do a very solid job. Probably going to be out of the full once again, which means that you're going to be looking a little bit more in this game to someone like a Cheke and Die, who's been seeing a few starts recently, and he's still able to give the team right around six points per game. That means that they're probably going to be playing a few more bigs. I do think that Long Island is probably going to be having their fair share of turnovers, but I think that they're also going to be turning over St. John's quite a bit. You've got Pasha Alexander along with Andre Corbello in the backcourt. These two guys, they generate about four seals per contest, but they themselves turn it over quite a bit. As a matter of fact, over 16 turnovers per game for the St. John's team. They play very fast, and just at times with St. John's, because they do play so fast, they're prone to very much a lot of variance, and I just think that 29, a little bit too big of a number for them to be able to cover. I set my total, or I set my number as St. John's being a 25-point favorite, so we'll to take the points. Mentioning all the turnovers, that should lead to some fast break, easy layups, and both of these teams, they play very, very fast. I did set my total at 157, so I'm going to be taking a look at this total over to go along with taking the points with Long Island. When it comes to games, more on the normal Las Vegas betting board, because and has won the games from the extra games board. I do think that we've got a team that's getting seamed up a little bit too far on this one. 629, 630 on the board. It is out here in the mountainous area with Boise State. They are going to be playing us to Cal State Northridge. CSUN is between a 20 to a 21 point underdog. Your total is anywhere between 131.5 and 132.5. And with CSUN, this is not a team that's necessarily going to be knocking your socks off with like bombing it from three point range or anything like that. But I've actually liked the toughness that CSUN has been able to show. Trent Johnson took over the team. As you may recall, he was coaching at Sanford for quite a while when the Lopez brothers were there. He was coaching at TCU, LSU. So he's a guy that's been around the block, and they're really taking on his mentality. They're playing very, very tough. They don't necessarily let it go very well from three-point range as they're shooting about 27.5% as a collective from three-point range, but they also play smart. They're only turning the ball over about 10.5 times for contest. They do a great job on the glass. As a matter of fact, they're allowing opponents to get only about eight offensive rebounds per game. They get a little bit north of 12, and it's really by committee. You've got one guy that comes in from Fordham in Oni Osi, who's been able to give you 6.5 points, 7.5 rebounds per game, but so many of these guys are versatile players. Like, you've been able to have Fedelis Okerke, who's been able to give you about 4.5 rebounds per game, Deontay Bosick, 
15 points, four and a half boards, three assists per game. All these guys able to do a solid job. And then you've got the North Dakota tandem in Deshaun Ellen Eikens along with Ethan Iganubu. These two guys have been able to do a nice job hooking up with each other with Eikens really taking hold of this offense with 10 and a half points per game. And really the lone guy that shoots the ball from three-point range, 42% from distance. And for Boise State, this team has had their, shall we say, growing pains in terms of three-point shooting as this is a bunch that last year they had Tyson Dagenart shooting over 40% from three. It's down to about 22.5% from distance this season. And due to all the guys that left last season from like an Emmanuel Acott and company, that means that Marcus Shaver is having to become Mr. Do-It-All for the team. And so far, it's so good. Nine rebounds, 14 points, two and a half steals, four assists. He's also seen his shoot, three-point shooting percentage shrink down to about 20%. And a bad shot for him has become a little bit more of the norm because it's better than a lot of good shots for a lot of his other teammates. So, in a little bit of an issue there. This is a Boise State team that they really don't have a lot of depth. They need someone like a Lucas Milner to be able to help out as he's been able to give the team only about three and a half points per game because outside they're starting five, they don't have anyone else. And scoring more than three points per game, so that is a bit of an issue. Max Rice has been able to step up unexpectedly, by the way, 11 points per game. And for Boise State, they do a nice job of guarding the three-point arc. Opponents are shooting only about 20.5% from three, but that said, this is a CSUN team that they don't necessarily rely too much on the three ball. I think that this is going to be a... Relatively bowling ball shoe ugly game. Boise State, one of the better teams on defense in all of college basketball. A team that is really leaving something to be desired on offense. Boise State has been playing a little bit more up-tempo this season, but still 235th in terms of possessions per game. CSUN, they're right in that fold as well. So I do think that you're going to see a nice, slow, methodical game. A lot of just dead possessions. Set my total of 125.5 as a result. Looking at the under with Boise State, not necessarily too bullish on this team because they do lose a lot of their backcourt from last season and they're clearly in a little bit of transition as well so I'm going to be willing to take the points with CSUN set them as more around a 15 and a half point underdog and I'm going to be taking a look at this total under as well and then we've got a power conference team hitting the road 623-624 Wichita State they're going to be playing us to Missouri Missouri they're anywhere between a one and a half and a two point favorite Toronto's game is ranging between 143 and 144 and such an interesting matchup because you've got a Missouri team that now under the tutelage of Dennis Gates, they've been playing much more up-tempo. They rank in the top 25 in terms of possessions per game. Wichita State, they are really looking to slow things down. They are in the bottom 30 in terms of possessions per game. And I do think that you're going to be able to see this game slow down a little bit more. Dennis Gates was never necessarily this up-tempo while he was playing at Cleveland State. Now, granted, he didn't have as many resources as he now has at Missouri, but I do think that that is going to lead to a little bit more of a slow and pedestrian game. So I do like this total under, but that said, with Wichita State, I have a very tough time trusting in this team as they just are a little bit all over the place in terms of the support around Craig Porter along with Jaquan Walton. These two guys are combining for 27 points, 12 and a half rebounds. Porter is able to give you about four assists, nearly two steals per game. But outside of these two guys, you don't necessarily have a lot of three-point shooting. Gus Okafer has actually been able to come on. He was the transfer from Southeast Missouri State, right around eight and a half points per game, shooting in the neighborhood about 43.5% from three-point range. But this is a team that as a whole, they're shooting 26% from three-point range. Now, Missouri, they've had a little bit of a tough time guarding the three-point arc, but they've been much better in recent games ever since that Penn game where they were giving up 100 million, billion threes and just no flow with this Wichita State team. They are ranked 360th. In terms of assists per game, that disjointedness is going to lead to a sloppy game and one that Missouri is going to be able to win on the road. I said Missouri is a four and a half point favorite, one to lay it, and I'm going to be taking a look at the under end. In the final segment of the Greg Peterson experience, giving you guys winners on the college basketball slate, including my DK Nation pick right here on VSIN, the Sports Bay Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Getting ready to take on spring? 
Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter let's please welcome jamal crawford to point game king of the court one-on-one tournament if they had it back in your prime do you think he could have took it all i'm gonna be honest with you i don't think i could have took it all but i think i would have shocked a lot of people i think kobe and everybody in their prime kobe would win a one-on-one contest yeah yeah because you gotta think he's gonna guard he don't care about guarding He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Calling all soccer fans to lace up your cleats with Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook. With the World Cup in full swing, now is the time to check out Bet Rivers. As if you log into Bet Rivers every single match day, when you place a bet of at least $25, you get a free $10 bet. When you place that wager, Bet Rivers has all the latest odds, lines, and boosts to be able to create the perfect match day experience. Head on over to BetRivers.com or download the Bet Rivers app today to get in on the uh, to get in on all the action as it is a whole new game. It is the final segment of the Greg Peterson Experience right here on Vsin, the Sports Betting Network. And if you're listening live to the Greg Peterson Experience, well, you are going to be getting a replay of the Greg Peterson Experience. But if you are listening to a replay, it is going to be follow the money 4 a.m. Pacific, 7 a.m. Eastern. Mitch and Polly, they're going to have a recap of what was a very interesting bets giving. Congratulations to Matt Humans for being able to get the job done. We're also going to be taking a look at Monday Night Football and taking a look at the week to come in terms of the craziness of the NFL conference championships when it comes to the college football realm and so much more. But until then, we've got some college basketball to break down and we're going to be taking a look to this game out west as we've got UC Irvine and San Diego State, who is the basis of my DK Nation pick. This is at the bottom of the normal board as it is 637, 638. San Diego State is an 11.5 to a 12-point favorite. They opened up as a 13.5-point favorite, so we've seen a bit of a move here, and we've seen the total move as well. So open up at 135.5, up to between 136.5 and 137.5, and my write-up is going to be in on the under. San Diego State is playing quite a bit faster this year. There's no question about that, but I think that San Diego State is still playing some solid defense. They've been the victims of a little bit of bad variance here to begin the season, and they've also been the victims of a very rough schedule to say the least. Teams like BYU, Stanford, Arizona, you're able to go down the list, Ohio State that they've had to play to begin the season as a relatively rough slate. So I do think that they're going to be able to see some positive variance going up against a UC Irvine team that they're solid on offense. And this is one of the better offensive UC Irvine teams that we've seen in quite some time. But still, it is not necessarily what they have seen to begin the season. And for UC Irvine, they have been dominant on defense, giving up 68 points or fewer in every single game this season. They rank in the top 25 in terms of points allowed on a per-possession basis. And I talk so glowingly about the defense that we're seeing with San Diego State, and we've always really seen with San Diego State. How about if we talk about this team and 
what you're able to get out of them as for UC Irvine, they were actually number one in all of college basketball last season in opponent's three-point shooting percentage. So they are able to do a nice job guarding the arc. This is a San Diego State team that they've got Nathan Menza down low, but he's more of a defensive stopper, so they really rely upon guys like Darian Trammell along with Matt Bradley to get it going from three-point range with UC Irvine. I like what Dawson Baker and DJ Turner Up Davis are able to give you. They're combining for a little bit under 30 points per contest. They've done a solid job there, and just with this UC Irvine team, I do think that they're going to be able to hold in this game. They do a very solid job just in terms of being able to guard the arc. And on top of that, inside, they do a solid job not allowing opponents to get second chances. San Diego State, they do that as well. So I do think that you're going to see a game that is not going to be involving a lot of points. San Diego State may have been quite unlucky. Any of you guys that took them in that game out in Maui, I believe that that was the third-place game that they were playing their final one. Boy, Lamont Butler does need to redeem himself, and I do think that he's going to be able to do so. He's been able to do a solid job with his on-ball defending, so this is a circumstance in which my DK Nation write-up is on the under. I set this line more around a 9, so I'm going to be willing to take the points as well. Just realize, we did not hit upon this game in the ACC Big Ten Challenge, so we're going to do so right now. Virginia, Michigan. This is 635-636 on the board. Michigan. A four to four and a half point home underdog with a total of 130 and a half. Hunter Dickinson, I think, is going to be able to do a very solid job for this Michigan team, and he's going to be able to keep them alive. Now, with Michigan, has not been such savory results for them recently. They play a 10 point game against Jackson State. They get taken overtime against Ohio, but I do think that Virginia is going to be one of those teams that they see a little bit of regression because. When you take a look at these early season sample sizes of like five, six games, and this is a pro tip for this hour, by the way, vsin.com slash subscribe for all of these. You're able to catch every pro tip that we have by show, by by show, by sport. You're able to sort all of these. But the pro tip for this hour is take a look at these teams with variants like Virginia, who's right now shooting 44.8% from three-point range. And don't over-adjust due to them being better. It is Virginia going to be a better three-point shooting team than last season? Absolutely. I mean, even if they go back to what they were last season for the rest of the season, they're still going to be better. But that said, you can't overreact because you got someone like an Armand Franklin who two seasons ago in Indiana, he shot over 40% from three-point range. Last season at Virginia, he shot around 27% from three-point range. Logically, he's probably somewhere in the middle, in the mid-30s. Right now, he's shooting 42.5%. From three-point range. You got Reese Beekman shooting 53.5% from three-point range. I like Reese Beekman. He and Kia Clark, they generate nearly four steals per contest. They are able to dole out right around 10 assists per game. Reese Beekman, the last two seasons, was shooting in the realm of about like 31% from three-point range. This is not necessarily sustainable. And for Michigan, they bring in Jalen Llewellyn. He's been able to dole out the ball with right around three assists per game. And I do think that this is going to be a Virginia team that has a little bit of a tough time matching up with Jed Howard, a top 50 freshman that has come in, obviously the son of another Howard and Juwan Howard, and he's been able to generate for the team 15 points, two and a half assists, shooting well over 40% from three-point range himself. And I'm looking at the year one to year two bump of Kobe Bufkin for this team as well. He's been able to give Michigan some good production. A little bit of a sad sheet suffer with a steal, a block, nine points, four boards per game. Not necessarily a guy that's going to shoot it well from three-point range, but I do think that this is a Michigan team that they're going to be able to hold up on their own floor. Now, I do think that the overall medal, the fortitude that you've got with a Tony Bennett coach team, it is going to be able to win out in this spot, but also with Virginia. You're in and you're out. This team is number one in the country in terms of fewest possessions on a per-game basis. I do think that they're going to be able to slow this game down and that means that it's a little bit more difficult to be able to cover any sort of a spread when it comes to a situation like this. Could only set Virginia as a two and a half point favorite. So being able to get between four and four and a half, I'm going to be willing to take the points with Michigan. Did make my total 124 and a half as well. So I'm going to be diving in on the under. Let's give you guys one more game that I do think is going to be very interesting. And it's involving a mid-major team that hopefully by the end of the year, they are ranked 617, 618 on the board. That'd be the College of Charleston playing us to Old Dominion. Old Dominion is now a 7.5 point underdog, and your total on this game is 147.5. And with Charleston, I made them more in the realm of a 10.5 point favorite. Anything of single digits, I was willing to lay it with Charleston. This team just does such a good job under Pat Kelsey of playing a 
little bit of a Havoc style, but a style that it just lends itself to up-tempo fun play. You've got nine different guys that play at least 15 minutes for this team. They all do a good job of hitting the glass. And for Charleston, they average a bit over 80 points per game. But with Charleston, it's not because you've got that one guy that's just pumping in there like 20, 22 points or anything like that. As a matter of fact, their top score is Rain Smith. And he is making it rain with 11.7 points per game, shooting 95% the free throw line, 37.5% from three-point range. But then past that, guys like Pat Robinson the third, Ryan Larson, you've got someone like a Ben Burnham. All these guys just do a very solid job of knowing their roles, staying within themselves. And I do think that it's just so important. You've got all these guys on the same page. I do think that that is going to be very beneficial moving forward. And they're going up against an Old Dominion team that, I liked what I saw out of them in their multi-team event. That was out there in the great state of South Carolina as well. And I do think that Old Dominion going to be a little bit of a pest in this game. And Old Dominion, they're in year number one out there in the Sun Belt. I'm feeling very bullish about them because they do bring in someone in Ben Stanley, who last we saw him fully healthy during the 2019-20 season. Spent two injury-riddled seasons at Xavier, but last he was fully healthy. He was averaging 22 points, right around seven rebounds per game while he was playing for the Hampton Pirates. But... That said, this is an Old Dominion team that they are going to have their warts when it comes to three-point shooting. You've got Chauncey Jenkins along, Tyreek Scott Grayson, combining for about 24 points, about 10.5 rebounds, six assists per game. I do like their overall game, but really other than Jenkins and another guy in McKee Long, who's a little bit of a combo player, is able to give this team right around nine rebounds per game. He's been able to deliver, shoot 41 or so percent from three-point range. That is going to be a little bit of a sore spot for this team. When it comes to Charleston, they just are able to give you, uh, you so many different looks. And I talk about how up-tempo Charleston is and how much they are on the same page. Charleston last season, in terms of percentage of misses that resulted in an offensive rebound, they were in the top five of all of college basketball. They were able to haul in an offensive rebound on darn near like 32, 33% of their misses. They've been doing a lot of that this season. 37.4% of their missed shots result in an offensive rebound that currently ranks in the top part of all of college basketball. I think that that is going to lead to Charleston being able to cover this summer. And in my opinion, there's a good chance that they win by double digits. Set Charleston as a 10.5 point favorite, one to lay it. Somebody total at 147.5. We're going to see how this moves in the AM. Currently seeing some 148s. It's going upwards, so I'm most likely going to be in on the under, but something that I always want to take the over on. Great content from our good friends on Follow the Money, Mitch Moss and Paul Howard. They come their your way 4 a.m. Pacific, 7 a.m. Eastern, right here on VSIN Esports Bank Network. At Bed 365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. 
Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.